On the program tonight, we're going to engage in discussion of a question that a few years ago we wouldn't have even considered having a program on. That's right, it's a, it's, but it's a really timely topic. We want to talk tonight about the Christian and marijuana and how we as Christians relate to that very current uh, debate. Moral, debate, moral issue. All right, we're going to talk about it. We're going to get started right now. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible. And we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday. January 24th, 2019. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Jacob, great to be with you tonight. Good to be here with you. Kyle's here behind the controls again tonight. Kyle, welcome. It's good to be here. You're on a good streak here. Glad to have you with us. And glad that you're listening uh, tonight on the program. And we look forward to your comments in the chat room or on email, questions at collegeu.com. And best yet, on the phone at 877-381-4567. Those are the ways you can participate in the program tonight. Um just a little bit of housekeeping, our, our housekeeping segment here at the start of the program. Remember that this Saturday and Sunday, not tomorrow, but the day after tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday, we've got a special uh, weekend series of lessons here at College View. Uh, many of our listeners in this area, at least, know the name Kevin Clark. Kevin's going to come from Birmingham, Alabama. He's going to bring us lessons. Uh, the lessons are going to be especially directed toward our young people, but also toward their parents and families. Families, and we're inviting and encouraging all age Christians to come to this special series of lessons. Kevin is a really dynamic speaker, but he's well grounded in the in the Word of God too. And uh, the lessons I think are just going to probably be off the chart as far as their practical usefulness in our daily lives. And we really encourage people to, to if you're anywhere close to a driving distance of Columbia, Tennessee, uh, please come. We're going to meet. Saturday at 4 in the afternoon and again at 7. And then on Sunday, our regular morning times at 9.30 and 10.30 and then at 2.30 on Sunday afternoon. And Kevin will be bringing lessons at all of those times, and and I just don't think you want to miss any of them. Our website, collegeview.com, has all the details. Exactly right. All right. Please make plans to be here if you're anywhere near the Columbia, Tennessee area. You won't be disappointed. That's can right. Can we say that? I think you. I, I think, think we can say, say that. that. Yeah. All right, still got some bumper stickers if you'd like those. We're not going to offer you the Bible reading calendar anymore, although you could, you ought to be reading your Bible. But if you if you haven't started on the calendar, probably not going to do you much good at this point. Jacob, I didn't bring my notes from last week, but uh, some people might still want that contact information for That's right. Rodney Hampton and 
Keith Hamilton, who did a little mini debate for us last week on the uh, self-defense question. Uh, And I I did not bring my notes from last week. Let me help you with that. uh, You may be able to find them, or we can mention them later in the program. Hamilton 1956 is the email address for um, Keith Hamilton. Hamilton Hamilton. 1956 at gmail.com. Is is it Hamilton KS, or is it? it, It's Hamilton Keith. I'm sorry, Hamilton Keith at 1956 at gmail.com. To say that one more time. Hamilton Keith, 1956 at gmail.com. Rodney Hampton is com. Hampton RS at hotmail.com. Okay. All right. So if you need, and both of those guys have reaffirmed to us uh, after the program was over uh, that they are more than glad to send the information that they have if you'll just request it from them. Yes. Again, and thanks to both of those gentlemen last week for their participation in the program. And uh, if you have a topic that you think we should discuss on the program, and if you'd like to come and be a guest in presenting some of those topics, email us, questions at collegeview.com. All right. Uh, by the way, just a little bit of a heads up. We're hoping to get uh, at least one more of these kind of mini debates arranged. We got a couple of guys we're trying to work on who will come and debate the instrumental music question okay. for us. A little, uh, little preliminary on that, so we won't give details, but hopefully we'll be able to say within uh, a few weeks uh, uh, another such exchange on the virtual Bible study. All right. Good deal. All right. On to the topic at hand tonight. All right. So, again, like you said in the introduction, Jacob, this is a topic that probably we wouldn't even have thought about talking about even 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago. I mean, obviously people were using marijuana back in that time frame, but it, it, it has gained so much popularity. I dare say five years ago we wouldn't have been thinking about Maybe not. Uh, certainly back in Bible times, although I did a little research on this, people, been, people have been uh, getting high on marijuana products for Many centuries, really, uh, but it just it just wasn't in the popular mainstream. It just wasn't thing the, the thing that a lot of people talked about. But now, uh, just in recent years, th- there's been an explosion of of interest in marijuana, and there's also been a, a lot of state legislators legislatures that have gone to the point of legalizing marijuana. Marijuana is legal in one respect or another in currently in 33 states of the union mm. and 10 states have now specifically identified marijuana as legal for recreational use okay uh so uh, it, it's uh, and it's not surprising that uh, the use of marijuana has skyrocketed in conjunction with those kind. Of, I think there's also been a sort of a pulling back by law enforcement agencies on the, even in states where it's not officially legal. I think there's been a pulling back on enforcement about marijuana. Uh, I think it should go without saying that just because something is legal doesn't make it right, and just because it's legal doesn't mean it's something that we are therefore would be right to do or engage in. And to me, the the most obvious example of that is abortion. Abortion's legal. I was hearing uh, just today on the news that uh, some states, including New York now, are passing uh, measures which say that you can abort a child up to the day of delivery. Unbelievable. Uh, And so... uh, well, if you can do that, why can't you just go ahead, go ahead and have the baby and then kill it after it's Decide born? Decide if you like it or not. But, but uh, my point on that is that we're not talking about abortion. Tonight. My point is that it's legal, 
but it doesn't make it right, and it doesn't mean that we should do it, obviously. And so just because it's being legalized by law um, in various jurisdictions doesn't mean that, that it would be right. I actually asked that question. We sent out questions earlier today, Jacob, to our update list. We always remind you to get on that list if you're not by sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Uh, I asked the question, does the fact that many states are legalizing the use of marijuana change our position on the question? We got to, some email to feedback. To that question, Anthony in Columbia replied, absolutely not. We must obey God rather than men. Many immoral activities are legal, but we would not dream of endorsing them solely on this basis. Right. And Kent in Calhoun, Georgia says the legalization of any substance or practice by civil government does not make such right. This is a, there is a vast difference between something being ethical and legal. Only the New Testament of Christ is the proper authority for determining right and wrong. I think that's Thank exactly right. For that. we got a, we got, I got an email from a friend, Randy, out in Colorado. Of course, Colorado was one of the, the – they were leading the charge in legalizing marijuana out in Colorado. Randy is in Colorado. And, and the church of which he's a, a member has put out a policy uh, – uh, uh, and so I won't take time. It's a whole page long policy on marijuana and the use of marijuana. Uh, but basically, the, the suggestion is there's still questions to answer, even the, though it's completely legal in Colorado. I, I got the, uh, I, this statement that uh, they put out uh, in, in that particular uh, religious group that he's a member of in, in Colorado still indicates that. If it's legal, there's still questions to answer about whether Christians should use it or not. They're not as definitive in their determination on the subject as we are. Uh, We'll talk about that as we go on. But they did say the day marijuana was illegal, the question of its use was straightforward. According to God's word, we're called to submit to governing authority. So that that sort of answered the question for them when it was illegal. Now that it's legal, it's a different uh, subject. Yeah, that's a good observation I think they've made there because that has sort of compounded the issue in a lot of people's minds. I mean, like they said in that statement, previously when it was not legal, you could just dismiss it without really even discussing it. It's not legal. You can't do it. Uh, But now that it's been made legal, it's putting I think it's really putting a temptation out there in front of people. Here's the thing that I find interesting. When it was illegal, when it was patently illegal across the board, I didn't hear Christians saying you know, if that subject, substance was legal, I think it'd be okay. I never heard that. Did you ever hear Christians no. say, you no. know, if they would legalize that, I think it'd be okay for Christians to do it. But now Christians are saying, yeah, I think it's okay. And even where it's not legal, Christians are saying we ought to legalize it. Why is that? Because Christians' thinking has been influenced by society. You can't argue that. Christians' thinking has been influenced oh, by yeah. society on this subject. I think you're right. Otherwise, where were they 10, 15 years ago saying, you know, we ought to be thinking about legalizing this? Yeah. I think I'd, I didn't, I'd partake in it if it was legal. So their thinking has been f- formulated or altered or m- molded because of societal trends Absolutely. in this subject. And it's not isolated to marijuana. It goes for alcohol. It goes for other things as well. Mo- uh, modesty, morality, Christians, we have to be aware that our society is molding our thinking. I've often said, you know, if you drew a chart, Christians wouldn't be out at the leading edge of of these societal changes, uh, the, the, the changes in views of morality. But 
Christians very often let society drag them along behind. They're not yeah. at the cutting edge, but they, they, they're being tugged along yeah. by the changes of societal views. I think that's a, a true observation. So someone says, I'm, I'm against recre- recreational use of marijuana, but what about mer- medical marijuana? Um, Obviously, that that question of medical marijuana has to be considered, and and we will. Uh, but th- there's something to be pointed out even about that. The Drug Enforcement Administration still has marijuana labeled as a Schedule One substance. Someone questioned me about this the other day, and I I did some further research, and that is still a true statement. Marijuana is labeled a Schedule One substance by the Drug Enforcement Administration. That being the case, the federal government considers marijuana to have, quote, this is a quote from the federal government, marijuana is, has, quote, no currently accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse. So that's the official position of the federal government. Some states are obviously taking a different view, but the Drug Enforcement Administration says marijuana has, quote, no currently accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse. So that being the case, then you have to you have to understand that even experts on this subject do not see a clearly defined medical benefit for marijuana. Therefore, why would I as a Christian want to go out on a limb and promote this when it's not even agreed upon by experts, it's not even agreed to have definite medical benefit. I just don't think that's a battle that we as Christians ought to be fighting because it clouds our stance against the the abuses of of marijuana. I agree. It'd be like, you know, well, clearly Paul instructed Timothy to take a little wine for his stomach's sake, but that's a little different than advocating that we add, you know, more liquor stores in town. Yeah, and there's uh, and and certainly that statement in First Timothy five verse twenty three: "Take a little wine for thy stomach's sake, and thine often infirmities." That's a that's a an important verse that would indicate that we can use substances for medical benefit that we wouldn't normally use for any other reason. Uh, it would apply to alcohol. There, Paul said, "Take a little wine for thy stomach's sake." It would apply to narcotic drugs. Uh, that if they were medically prescribed and necessary, you could take. You wouldn't do it norm- ordinarily, uh, but for a medical condition, you might. And if they get around to really establishing that marijuana has a medical benefit in it to, to, or to certain individuals, I don't think it's established yet. Uh, I mean, the, what I've read is that it's there's there's a lot of talk about it, but there hasn't been a, a, a confirmed scientific conclusion about it. And so that being the case, I just don't understand why so many Christians want to go out on a limb and speak in support of even medical marijuana when it hasn't been clearly established. Kent in Calhoun, Georgia says, based upon scientific, medical and scientific facts, I see no benefits in the usage of marijuana. Not only that, I see definite problems both physically and spiritually even in the medical usage of such a drug. If one cannot find biblical authority for such a substance, we must conclude that such is sinful, Colossians 3.17. Here's what Anthony in Columbia wrote. 
He said, God created everything for us to use. If there's a legitimate medical benefit of so- to something God created, how could we oppose it? Note, this does not mean that God created things to be abused or misused, as in alcohol, coca leaf, or cocaine, marijuana, naturally occurring hallucinogens, etc. Many, many of our medicines come from nature. Aspirin is an e- easy example. In the familiar admonition to Timothy, we see Paul's authorization for using an intoxicating substance medically. How could marijuana be any different? I may be mistaken, but I don't believe medical marijuana users are thereby made intoxicated. But even if they were, I don't know of any Christians that would refuse any of the sedatives administered in surgery that make one downright loopy and loose-lipped. Nor would they have issue with opioids post-operatively, even though they produce a high. Medical marijuana is a no-brainer for me. I think I'm on, I think Anthony um, is is on the right track there. Uh, but, I, but the key in, in his opening statement, if there is a legitimate medical benefit to something, God, and I think that's the question on medical marijuana, I don't think it's proven to be a legitimate medical benefit. And by the way, many of those who are using it are smoking it and getting high as a result, but they claim it it relieves the symptoms so. of certain medical conditions. And so that's their claim. And it may be so, and it may be proven to be so later on. And and if that's the case, then like Anthony said, it wouldn't be different than narcotics or uh, opioids or other things. When you, but even those are abused. Well, there's a big opioid crisis, uh, drug, and, and people are using it uh, and abusively. Uh, and so, I mean, I, I'm not going to go out on the streets and campaign for opioids. I'm not going to go out on the street and campaign for marijuana either. If the medical community decides that it does have a legitimate medical benefit, so be it. And if they decide that it's worth prescribing for certain medical conditions, then then I I, I couldn't biblically stand in objection to someone using it in that sense. But again, the Drug Enforcement Administration says currently has no no currently accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse. So um, one thing that we've got to think about in this is our example. And I think that in the minds of people in the world, medical marijuana and recreational marijuana are closely linked. Actually, yeah. And actually, the people who are really pushing for medical marijuana, a bunch of potheads, mostly. Okay. Well, (laughs) break it down for us there. Um, but no, I think we have to we have to think about our example, and, and as you said, maybe someone else can carry that banner for us, and, yeah. uh, and yeah. we don't need to we need to not threaten our example by uh, our position. I think that's the key, and we'll talk more about the example here in a little bit. All right, we're going to get a break, and when we get back, we'll get your thoughts. Uh, sign in the chat room, send us an email, give us a call eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. Misconception number 34. The folks at the College View Church of Christ think you have to go to their church to go to heaven. Everyone else goes to hell. You may have heard this, but it's simply not true. We probably believe the same thing you do. We definitely believe the same thing Jesus did in Matthew 7:21. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter heaven, but those who do the will of my Father will. You may have been misled about us. Why not come learn the truth about the College View Church of Christ this Sunday at 9.30 a.m.? Remember, the truth will set you free. Here's some quotes worth pondering. We would worry less about what people think of us if we realized how seldom they do. If you neglect another day, you have a day more to repent of and a day less to repent in. No person was ever honored for what he received. Honor has been the reward for what he gave. 
What you do for self will soon be forgotten, but what you do for others will be long remembered. You can't build a reputation on what you intend to do. Definiteness of purpose is the starting point of all achievement. Man, wish I'd said that. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3.17. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program tonight as we consider the use of marijuana and how that relates to the Christian and the instructions that God has given us in His Word. Uh, what do you think? 877 Questions at collegeu.com. Maybe a little challenge for our listeners in the chat room tonight. Find us the verse in the Bible that talks about marijuana. Yeah. Obviously, you can't find the word. Oh, you just ruined it. Yeah, that yeah, no yeah we'll, we'll make it. We'll, we'll, we'll reduce that okay. challenge. Right. It, it's, it's just not in there, obviously. But you know, I think we see the timeless, timeless relevance of the Bible, which I think is a proof of its inspiration. Uh, it, it. There are biblical principles that clearly apply to this question, and I think that shows the wisdom of God in his revelation in that this ancient document is still applicable to everything we confront in the modern world. All right. Uh, I asked, uh, one of the questions I asked was uh, if if any of our uh, respondents wanted to comment upon statistics about marijuana that they they knew of or had found. I I have a few mentioned here. over 94 million people in the U.S. have admitted to using marijuana at least once. That's pretty high. That's, high, yep. pretty, that's yep. 30% or so yep. of, of all Americans have uh, used marijuana. Uh, among 12 to 17-year-olds, well, that's young teenagers, young teenagers, six, almost 7% are current marijuana users. Mm. It's maybe a little higher. That's an old statistic. That's statistics. Well, that statistic, I note, is 10 years old. Oh, it's got to be higher. It's way higher than that now. 58% of those ages 12 to 17 state that pot is easy to obtain. Hmm. So that's uh, 12 year olds are saying, yeah, yeah, I can get it if I want it. I know where where to get it. Amazing. And I thought this was really interesting. I mean, there's tons of stats out there on the Internet about marijuana, but the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration says a large percentage of those arrested for crimes test positive for marijuana. Nationwide, 40% of adult males tested positive at the time of their arrest. In other words, they're arrested. They're not necessarily arrested on drug charges, but they're tested when they are arrested for whatever crime. Robbing a bank. Robbing a bank. They test them. Stealing a lady's purse, yeah. Forty percent of males arrested for any crime test positive at the time of their arrest for marijuana. Oh, boy. So, I mean, it's, it's, it, is, it is being used, and, and all the talk and legalization and, and all of the supportive individuals are contributing to that increase in use. I think there's a uh, an important statement in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 8. Uh, I, I think it is so applicable to so many things. Now, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 8, I think many of our listeners will recall, that's where Paul was talking about the use of, of spiritual gifts yeah. in the church at Corinth. And so we understand that context. Uh, and he made this statement, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 8, If the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? 
Mm-hmm. So back in that time, the uncertain sound that Paul was specifically talking about was, so you're speaking in tongues and nobody can understand you. They won't know what to do if they don't get the, if they don't get a clear signal from you, they're not going to know what they should do, how to move forward, what, how to proceed. That's applicable in a lot of ways. But I think it's especially applicable when we're teaching about moral issues. We gotta be very straightforward. We got to give a certain sound, not an uncertain sound. I knew of a preacher in our area here who, who preached a sermon on dancing. And at the end of the sermon, he said, literally said, you're going to have to make up your own mind on this question. He was later shocked when all of the teenagers went to the prom. Well, I'll tell you, if you give that kind of an uncertain sound, you can almost guarantee that young people are going to go the wrong way on that. If you'd give them license to make their own decision about it, you decide if it's right or wrong. You can pretty well guarantee which way they're going to go on that. Same thing, it would be true about modest dress you mentioned earlier. I think the same thing is going to be true in, 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 with a terrible repercussion about the, the weakness in teaching on social drinking that we've dealt with on the virtual Bible study, Jacob. And you can throw marijuana right in there with it. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I talked with a father. He did. He, he disagreed with my conclusions. Oh, you know, we, we're teaching our children that it's unwise. Well, if it's just our opinion that it's unwise, hey, that goes out the window. Yeah. When I get, you know, I get to an age where I'm curious, or everybody else is doing it. Well, it may not be the smartest thing, but it isn't wrong. So I'm going to do it. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I, I w- would really encourage all Christians. To not be speaking of this subject in any favorable way. Again, I don't think we need to go out on the limb concerning medical marijuana. Yeah, leave that to the medical experts and, and those who, who know what they're doing. I, I'm, I'm not qualified to speak on that. And even if they do, and they haven't yet, uh, all indication is there is not a conformity of opinion on the medical benefits of marijuana. But even if they do, I still don't have to go out in defense of the practice. Uh, it's just that there's so many more important things that I need to be talking about. Yeah, and that cause has got plenty of supporters as yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Okay. Uh, but, but and you know, you, you could pretty easily get me off on the social media uh, band, I mean, uh, soapbox. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. But you know that people use their social <laughs> media. Take a seat, Kyle. It's going to be a while. <laughs> I'll be pretty. No, all right. But I mean, everybody wants to voice an opinion. But, but I tell you, anytime you voice an opinion, remember that there are weak individuals, there are young individuals who are listening and are going to be influenced by the. You may just be making an offhanded comment and not really it doesn't really mean that much to you, but some young person could definitely take it and run with it in a direction you don't want them to go. All right, eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeview dot com. Um, we've got to make sure that our speech is edifying, and uh, and and an edifying speech is um, is is not necessarily what I how I intended. It's how it's received on the other end, Kyle. I could say, you know, you know that that shirt you're wearing is uh, you know sort sort of makes me uh, sick to my stomach. Well, I didn't mean anything by that, Kyle. I was just joking. But you took it the wrong way. That's not a you know. I've got to be careful that I uh, do. All that I do is, is edifying yeah. uh, to, to, to others. Exactly right. right. Okay. Uh, Kent sent in some uh, statistics he'd found in 2013. Of course, that's 
over five years ago, the National Institute of Drug Abuse released the following health effects regarding the health effects of marijuana cannabis usage. Mental health problems, chronic cough, frequent respiratory infections, loss of IQ points. Oh, you know, for those of us who don't have too many of those points to share, uh, to spare rather, we we want to be careful there. Loss of IQ points, babies born with attention, memory, and problem-solving deficits, increased heart rate and blood pressure, slowing of mental processing and reaction time, irritability, trouble with sleeping, decreased appetite, anxiety. Oh yeah, I want some of that. Yeah, give me give me some oh, of that. That sounds like a good good time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Let's grab a break, Jacob, and when we get back, let's let's go to the biblical principles that should guide us in regards to this marijuana question. All right. Don't go anywhere. We'll get this week's bullet point and get your thoughts. We'll be back right after this. Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. Our bullet point this week comes from the pen of Roy E. Cogdell. It is a peculiar thing that some brethren think they can fill the church with worldliness, worldly things that attract, and cause it to grow spiritually. It is not so. Things of the world and of the flesh never arouse any kind of response but a fleshly and worldly response. Why would anyone think bringing loaves and fishes or entertainment would attract the spiritually minded or make anyone more so? The more banqueting and partying and entertainment is brought in, the more it will require, and worldly and fleshly things will only make the church more worldly until it is swamped and spirituality is lost sight of and forgotten. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hi, my name is Jack. I am eight years old, and this is Vulture Bible Study. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. Back on the program tonight. Remind you, this program is brought to you by the College U Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us at our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. Find out more about our upcoming special series of lessons this coming weekend at collegeview.com. And send us an email anytime, questions at collegeview.com. We'd love to hear from you. All right, so very straightforward question. What does the Bible say about marijuana? All right, this is the crux of the issue right here. It actually says nothing about marijuana. The word is not in the Bible. Old, and you, you sort of put out a challenge earlier, Jacob, but I'll, I'll take that challenge. You'll and take I, it. I, and I'll say oh boy. definitively the word is not in the Bible. Okay. Uh, it's not in the Old Testament. It's not in the New Testament. But as we said earlier, the Bible is timelessly relevant, and uh, I think that's a proof of its inspiration uh, for sure. And so since it is relevant, there are principles set forth in the Bible that will will help us make a determination of, of our proper view of this moral question. Absolutely. As with any subject, you know, the, the Internet's not mentioned. Um, driving a car is not mentioned. Driving a car, that's right. So anyway... Uh, so here, I think if if I if someone says you got one shot, I'll give you one line of argumentation to argue against marijuana. And by the way, I would also make this my same line of argumentation against alcohol. Can we say they stand or fall together? I think they do, I, I, and I think anybody who doesn't think that needs to think again, because I'll tell you. If if I can justify smoking marijuana, I can justify social drinking. And if I can justify social drinking, I can justify marijuana. A lot of Christians, and I know of some, 
who say you can't condemn drinking alcohol in moderation, they will not be able to hold the line against using recreational marijuana. Some aren't even trying. I've talked with those that aren't trying. Yeah. But... Lots of folks don't want to say, well, marijuana is okay. And they'll even use the same arguments that we would use against alcohol, but they can't see the connection. They, they, they stand or fall together. And especially, and like, like Randy, uh, this message to us, that statement of the church, of that denominational group in, uh, uh, Colorado said, when it was illegal, it was easy. It's not illegal lots of places now. Now you're going to have to dig deeper if you're going to oppose it. That's but, right. But yeah, remember. It's interesting. And they're not going to be able to. Yeah, They've already given right. up that ground. That's right. They yep. already gave up their their, yep. their argument. Yep. So, All right. Hey, it stands or falls together. Get so, ready to swallow that pill if you're going to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So here's the one argument that I would hang my hat on if I only got to make one. Yep. And it would be the word sober. We are commanded to be sober. There's actually more than one Greek word in the New Testament that is lots of times translated in English with the the English word sober. One of those words that's common in the New Testament is the word sophron in Greek. And that word is usually translated as self-controlled or self-disciplined. Now that, I think, probably could be made applicable to this question. Are 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 you sure that you're disciplining yourself you're are you still in self-control but actually there's another word also translated in english with the word sober but this word is the word nepho and it's the word found in for instance it's found several places but it's found in first peter 5 verse 8 be sober be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. So the word sober, be sober. That's not advice. That's a command. You are commanded, be sober. That's from the Greek word nepho. If you were spelling it with English characters, it would be N-E-P-H-O, nepho. And Vine says that that word literally means free from the influence of intoxicants. It doesn't say not over done with the influence of intoxicants, not, not staggeringly drunk right. with the influence of intoxicants. It says free from, which means not at all under the influence of intoxicants. That, Greek, that word in the English language, sober, is, is placed opposite of falling down drunk. Yeah. If you're not drunk, you're sober. And yeah. that's not the way it's used in that's the right. Greek. We view that word sober to mean... Well, he hasn't reached a threshold that, yeah. that's considered intoxicated yeah. yet. He, but the word sober in the Greek means completely free of any influence of intoxicants. Right. Um, and we can see how it's used in the context there of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. we got an adversary that's coming to get us. How much of your self-control, how much of your judgment do you want to be impaired? Yeah, he's a roaring lion. So I'm going out here where this lion is, but I'm going to I'm going to impair myself just a little bit. Just a little. I'm not going to do it real bad. Hey, but we're just having a good time. I'm just not going to be as sharp as possible. It's I'm, Friday night. We're gonna we're letting our hair down a little bit. Yeah. But the lion, you know, the lion. It's not that bad of a lion. You know, maybe he's you no. Know, he's a roaring lion looking who he can devour. Yeah. All right. Exactly right. So. Uh, let me let me give you a couple other places where this word's used. First Peter one verse thirteen. Therefore, gird your minds for action. Okay, I got to get. I got to be ready for action. Yeah. 
And that's, that's talking about the spiritual warfare we're engaged in, obviously. So gird your minds in this spiritual battle that you're engaged in. Keep sober. So I need all my faculties about me. I need my best senses operational. Gird your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So be at your mental best as you engage in this spiritual battle. One other place I'll mention, there's other places. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 6. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Free from the influence of intoxicants. All right. So, what about taking that first drink or taking that first puff on a marijuana cigarette? I thought this was an interesting statement by someone in the know. And he's talking about alcohol, but I think it's clearly applicable to marijuana too. The very first effect of alcohol, make that alcohol or marijuana or any other drug, illicit drug. The very first effect of alcohol or marijuana is to make one feel a little freer to do the things he would not otherwise do and a little less able to say no to things he would normally refuse. To make it a little harder to stand for what is right or even to know what is right. Under the least influence, vulgarity seems a little less vulgar. Obscenity a little less obscene. Sin a little less sinful and morality a little less urgent. The temper is a little harder to control. Lust is more difficult to avoid. And a person feels he is a little more capable of resisting temptation than he really is. With just the first drink of alcohol, with just the first puff of a marijuana cigarette. Yet at this point, neither the state nor society would consider him drunk. He's not drunk yet, but he's definitely impaired. And is and he's under the influence of the intoxicant. And, and he is suffering the results of it. Now, you talked about vulgarity doesn't seem as vulgar. You're, what, right and wrong is harder to determine. Now, again, harder to say no. Harder to say no. Again, there's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, the wisdom of God told you to be free from the influence of intoxicants. I don't know what your wisdom says about it, but God's wisdom says you should be free from the influence of intoxicants. It's a pretty easy sell to me when I think about the devil as a roaring lion trying to come and devour me. It's a pretty easy sell for me to buy what God's selling there that, hey, you need to be free from the influence of intoxicants. But I don't know. You, you follow the world's wisdom if you want to. I'm going to side with God. Be free from the influence of intoxicants. Now I want to take you to James chapter three. James chapter three, along these lines, talked about it talks about your tongue getting loose, doesn't it? With with the first the first effects of alcohol. Mm-hmm. All right. James chapter three tells us, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put the bits put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold. Uh, also, the ships, which though they be so great, are driven by fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, wheresoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a, a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For of every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things of the sea is tamed and have been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. 
And I'm turning it loose, basically. I'm turning it loose. I'm taking my hands off the reins yeah. when I do this. And I'm doing it willing, willingly. It's, it, it's voluntary on my part. I'm saying, hey, hey, it's Friday night. We're going to have a good time. I'm going to loosen up my tongue a little bit. James says you can't do that. Yeah, exactly right. Now, we're just with friends. We're not going to go out and do anything immoral. You've still got your tongue with you, and you're, you're losing control of that deadly member full of deadly poison and unruly evil. You can't exactly. tame it. Exactly right. All right. Let, let's, let, let, let me uh, do a little. Dwight in the chat room. In order to know how far you can go without being intoxicated, you have to go there. Uh, you have to get there so you don't do it again. Sin in order to not sin doesn't make sense to me. Very good sense. observation, Dwight. Here's, here's some information about intoxication. In the state of Tennessee, where we are, the blood alcohol content, to uh, a person's blood alcohol content, if it's more than 0.08%, a person is considered intoxicated, drunk, and if a, if a if you were pulled over for a traffic stop and they were gave you a breathalyzer at .08 blood alcohol content, you would be charged with driving under the influence DUI. Okay. So, but notice this. Here's some here's some expert information. The severity of alcohol-induced impairment depends on the amount of alcohol present in the bloodstream, which is based on a person's blood alcohol content or percentage. Most people begin to feel the effects of alcohol when their blood alcohol content passes 0.03. Now, remember, you've got to be to 0.08 in our state. It varies from state to state, but they're all in that range. It used to be a little higher. Now they've – even the experts – that's interesting. I think in Tennessee it used to be that your blood alcohol had to be 0.1. Yep. Or point, uh, but now uh, they say 0.08. So in other words, even the experts say, boy, you know, yeah, you do begin to feel the effects of intoxication sooner than they thought. So as soon as you pass 0.03 – uh, but but you're not drunk according to the state of Tennessee till you reach 0.08. But you're but, feeling the effect. But at 0.03, the person feels mild euphoria, relax, relaxation, talkativeness, which you, yep. and he or she suffers from impaired alertness, judgment, coordination, and concentration. Unbelievable. And 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 you're out there walking around that lion. That's right. You're, you're walking around the lion. And you're not you're, even halfway to the point where they say you can't drive. Right. But you but you you're. Alertness is impaired, your judgment, your coordination, your concentration. Yeah. Wouldn't that be enough? At a blood alcohol content beginning at 0.06, still not to 0.08, at 0.06, it results in blunted feelings, lack of inhibition, extrovertism, and individual's reflexes, reasoning, depth, perception, and vision are affected, starting at when you get to the level of 0.06 blood alcohol content, you're still not to 0.08, which is, according to the state of Tennessee, legally drunk. You'd be driving under the influence. That's 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 something. Now, if you want to know how that relates to marijuana, that's all about alcohol. We're talking about marijuana. Yeah. Now, what are you? You stay on topic here. Okay. Now, I, I really want to. If we got time to, the, yeah, I want, I want to really push this home because I think this is so important. A standard drink is conventionally defined as the alcohol content of 12 ounces of 5% alcohol beer. So a 12-ounce count of beer is considered one standard drink. It's a, a one standard drink also is 5 ounces of 12% alcohol wine mm-hmm. or an ounce and a half, a shot of 40% alcohol, also called 80 proof or hard liquor. 
In most U.S. states, the legally defined level of intoxication typically typically occurs. It depends on how fast you're drinking uh, and, and some other factors. But it usually occurs <coughs> after four drinks for an average-sized woman or five for an average-sized man. So if you're a woman, if you drank four cans of beer... You you and you got out on the road. You could be arrested for DUI. If you were a man, you could maybe drink five. But if you drank five beers and you get out on the road, you're drunk. If you if you took five shots of whiskey, you'd be drunk. If you were a man, okay. Now everybody's saying we shouldn't do that. You know, I don't, even among Christians who argue in favor of social drinking, they they say you can't get drunk. Everybody yeah, knows it's exactly. a sin to get drunk. Yeah, okay. Okay, so you can't you can't go to that level, right? However, for marijuana, a much lower dosage is needed to induce a state of intoxication. Studies show that intoxication occurs at the ingestion of less than 7 milligrams of THC. THC is, uh, I think a lot of people who know about marijuana know about THC. THC is the, THC is the psychoactive ingredient in marijuana. You, you only have to take in 7 milligrams of THC to be intoxicated. That is approximately the equivalent of four puffs on a marijuana cigarette. Mm. So my my level of intoxication after four puffs of a marijuana cigarette is the equivalent of having drunk five beers or taken five shots of whiskey. Mm. Four puffs. I I mean, a a guy could hardly get the thing lit up Mm -hmm. before he is as intoxicated as if, if he'd taken five shots of whiskey. I'm going to tell you, there's just, there's just no room for uh, anybody to suggest that we should be endorsing or promoting the use of marijuana. We're commanded to be sober. Uh, and, that, and that is just so important. Uh, we have to maintain sobriety. Anthony in Columbia says, yes, I believe the Bible is crystal clear as what we, whatever we take into our body in whatever quantity must not result in a psychotrop- psychotropic effect that impairs our judgment sobriety in any way the bible commands sobriety and non-drunkenness just as we saw in paul telling timothy to use wine the substance itself is not the issue the effect on our sobriety is okay thank you um uh, kent in georgia says the use of marijuana violates new testament principles of the divine requirement of being sober okay Um, straightforward exactly right all right um Guess 2206, how about just being in a room with others smoking it? Well, that may get us on to our last point of, for discussion tonight. And we'll that, talk some more about our influence. Yeah, our influence. Yeah. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We're going to get a break. When we get back, we'll continue the discussion. Is it addictive? And what does the Bible say about that? Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Warning, this is to make you aware of a disorder plaguing American and the metro area, BDD, Bible Deficit Disorder. Many people are not getting enough Bible in their daily lives. Are you? Answer the following questions to see if you might be suffering from BDD. Do you answer spiritual questions by saying, I think, instead of, The Bible says, do you depend on religious authors and pastors to tell you what to believe? When Benny Hinn says, this is your day for a miracle, do you believe him? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you might be suffering from BDD, Bible Deficit Disorder. The College View Church of Christ is dedicated to fighting BDD by teaching the Bible. We focus on Christ by following his word. 
Don't succumb to BDD, Bible Deficit Disorder. Fight it by joining us for Bible study on Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. As long as there is breath in your body, it is not too late to fight Bible Deficit Disorder. We'll see you this Sunday at the College View Church of Christ. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. A recent survey asked people about the major factors that might convince them to attend a particular church. The responses were sermons or talks that teach you more about Scripture, 76%. Sermons that help you connect religion to your own life, 75%. Spiritual programs geared toward children and teenagers, 64%. Social activities, 49%. That information is via gallup.com. The Word of God says in John 6, verse 27, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. Back on the program tonight, we go to the top of the hour, talking about Christians and marijuana. What does the Bible say? What should be our attitude toward uh, the subject. Uh, Kevin in the chat room, Kevin's from uh, up in Ohio, he says, I have one simple request for those who are pro-marijuana, pro-wine, pro-dancing, or any other questionable activity. Build an outline with a presentation using scriptures to prove that you must or should do the activity. If there's no outline or weak points, avoid it. If enough points in favor, then preach it from the pulpit. So, uh, Kevin says, "Hey, yeah. yeah, I mean, and a lot of people, a lot of these people are, you know, they're they're viewing something that they wouldn't maybe get up and preach. But why not yeah. preach it if it's if it's something we ought to do? Why not get up and preach it? Yeah, uh, we just got a comment in the chat room from guest fifty eight twelve. Can you use its derivatives for medical use? The FDA has approved one of these for treating epilepsy. Go back. Uh, we, we don't have time now to go back and revisit that medical marijuana question, but we talked about that quite at length at the start of the program. So I encourage but, you to go back. But and yes, if, if if there's a derivative that yeah. helps with epilepsy, by all means. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's not our, that's not our fight, uh, and that's not our. We're not carrying that cause. Uh, so uh, we talked about that earlier. So we won't revisit that again. But thanks for thanks for listening, and and try to catch the earlier part of the program in in the archives later tonight, uh, where we commented about that. Okay. So first argument, which I think is the most necessary one, is we're commanded to be sober. But I think we could, if, if you give us another chance to, to take another okay, shot you got at another it, chance. Uh, we've got to avoid things that are addictive. Okay. Uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Uh, so Paul here was talking about things. When he says things that are lawful, he wasn't talking about lawful by man's law. He was talking about lawful by God's law. So he's talking about things that God's law says are lawful. But even in those things, he said, I'm not going to be brought under the power of any. We would say, I'm not going to be allow myself to be addicted to anything. Uh, marijuana is addictive, by the way. And some people try to argue that. Uh According to the Drug Policy Alliance, it says, quote, 10% of those who try marijuana, marijuana end up meeting the clinical criteria for dependence. They say while some substance are, substances are more addictive, 10% still reflects a large number of people. So one out of 10 people who, who uses marijuana will develop a dependency for it. Uh, and, of course, it's been pointed out. All, since I was a kid, as long as I can remember, that marijuana is a gateway drug that that 
it, people who use it move on to other substances okay. as well. Okay. But again, I would say because it's addictive, the experts say that it is, then that would be another reason to avoid it altogether. Anthony says we are to exercise self-control at all times and not to be under subjection to anything. Certainly being biologically addicted to a substance violates this. Thank you, Anthony, for that. And and Kent sees the same issue that we need to avoid addiction. Um, so uh, certainly uh, that's a factor to consider in this. Yeah. And, and Kent makes a point there, and I know Kent has had some background in law enforcement. He says, I find it interesting within the law enforcement community, the vast majority of law enforcement officials do not look with favorability on even the medical usage of marijuana. Such is a mind-altering substance and needs to be avoided at all costs. Okay. All right. So finally, and this goes to the question that was asked by, who was that back up there in the chat room, guest uh, 2206 said, how about just being in a room with others smoking it? I think another argument, another line of argumentation that we would use against the use of marijuana is concerning our influence and our example. Um, there's so, I mean, there's so much to be said uh, that we as the people of God need to be protecting our influence and our example. Probably the what, the best known statement on that comes from Jesus himself, and it, it couldn't be any, any clearer. Let me read Matthew 5, beginning verse 13. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So, I'm supposed to be letting my light shine. I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to be living in such a way that will bring others to serve the Lord, to glorify the Father which is in heaven. But I use marijuana. My neighbor knows that I use marijuana. What's my chances of influencing him positively for the Lord when he knows that? Or my children or my grandchildren know that I use marijuana. Or for that matter, that I even speak favorably of marijuana. I don't use it, but I don't think you can say that there's anything wrong with it. I've just completely destroyed my influence right there to my children, to my yep. grandchildren. If I say, oh, I wouldn't use it, or maybe I don't think it's real wise to use it, but I don't think you can condemn it. When I do that, I've destroyed my influence and my example. Certainly. Um, and that's and, and that that's one of the most valuable things that we have. Yeah. And we shouldn't take it lightly. And well, it's, it's, it's one of the most valuable things we have, and... and it's and our greatest influence is toward people that mean the most to us. You know, that's true. Uh, our our family, our brethren. I mean, those are the people that are nearest and dearest to us. And if I take a position that hurts my influence with those who are nearest and dearest to me, let alone everybody else, that I might have a bad influence. I mean, we we got to really take that seriously. And I believe that's a powerful line of reasoning about our in, our influence and example. Anthony says we certainly have to be careful not to cause a stumbling block for our brethren, but this is subject to considerable judgment. Thank you, Anthony, for your comments tonight. All right. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, those That actually covers the, the three areas that I put on my... Uh, if you're in the chat room, you might... If you've got another line of reasoning that you think uh, um, we might... Consider, we'll throw it in there, but uh, we're commanded to be sober, 
Avoid things that are addictive. Watch your example and influence. All right. I think that's I, I, if if and, and and back to what Kevin said in the chat room a minute ago. If you don't think that those arguments work, and you think you can make a presentation to justify the so-called moderate use of alcohol or marijuana, go for it. And and uh, you know, make the presentation. If you believe it, preach it. Get up there and de- and declare it, and and show why you think people should be using it. Yeah. You know, it's the same with the uh, the arguments about alcohol and people saying, you know, that Jesus, so no doubt Jesus made alcoholic wine at the wedding feast. And then they go on and say, you know, but it's not it's not smart to drink alcohol. And I tell everybody that it's not wise and they ought to avoid it. Well, you're not in anywhere in harmony with Jesus's stand on the subject. Well, it, but think about that. I don't think it's wise to use alcohol, but Jesus did. Yeah. Wait a minute. So I'm wiser than Jesus. Yeah, you're not. You're not in harmony with your with your master. Yeah. Yeah. So your your position is obviously flawed if you can't if if you take a position like that. So all right, we're just all but out of time, Jacob. I I think we've covered that topic. I I hope that that people will take it to heart. If you disagree, you feel free to contact us. Uh, we'd, be, we'd be glad to, to engage with you in discussion of that subject if you think it's worthwhile. Uh, but you, you know where we stand on it now, I think, pretty clearly. Yeah, we'd like to hear from you. Send us an email to questions at collegeu.com. And real quickly, just out of time, but real uh, quickly. Before you do that, 2206 in the chat room says, Agreed, 1 Corinthians 15:33. Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. Our association, this partaking in this is going. Oh to yeah, yeah. Back to that question: What if you were just in a room with people who were well, smoking marijuana? Or just, in fa- just the whole, the whole idea is this: is partaking of this and participating in this activity going to put me in contact with people that are holy and righteous? Good. Or is it going to put me in association with folks who are headed down the wrong path? Good. Good and point. the chances are, it's going to put us in the wrong path, and uh, and what needs to be avoided. Okay. Good point. Good point. Just real, real one quick final reminder about our special uh, Bible series this weekend here at College U. Saturday at four and seven, regular time Sunday morning nine thirty ten thirty, and at two thirty on Sunday afternoon. Kevin Clark will be bringing lessons from the Word of God. You won't want to miss them. Kyle, what about you tonight? Any comments? What, 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 there you go. Now you are. It was a good study. I think it's. Uh... In terms of medical use, we just need to be vigilant with any medicine. It's a, it's a schedule once. So even if it's a schedule two, it's really Xanax is on schedule two. So if you, I think it's, there's a lot of medicines and a lot of things we need to be careful of. Even if it was a legal medicine, just Christians be vigilant of all. Yeah. Be on guard. That's right. Absolutely right. Thank you, and Kyle. Kyle's, Kyle's got medical uh, training, so he knows that. Yeah. Kyle knows his stuff. All right. Well, Dad, thanks for the discussion tonight. Thanks, Jacob. Again, if our listeners disagree, questions at collegeu.com, we'd love to hear from you. Um, yeah. And if you've got a suggestion for a future edition of the program, we'd love to hear from you as well. Check out our website for our special services this weekend. Be here if you can. And make sure to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College 
College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.